love this church. Thank you for what you do for the kingdom of God. This is a global church, amen? And, uh, you make the mission, you make the mission go. I, I guess I, I got connected to East Wind or Palm Bay, especially the Myers through Bible Quizzing several years ago. I love that ministry. And uh, if you know anything about, about me or Pastor Myers, we love to win. Guess what? We didn't do a lot of winning when it came against East Wind. I think we beat them one time and we've never let them live it down. We hold that trophy really tall every time we get an opportunity. Love this church. Remain standing. I'll move quickly into the word of the Lord. I want to minister to you today and I believe this church will be strengthened. I believe you will be strengthened. I believe miracle signs and wonders are going to take place in our midst today. It was after the children of Israel were freed from Egyptian bondage, delivered from Pharaoh's army, they began their journey toward Mount Sinai. In the wilderness, God provided manna from heaven, water to their thirsty souls, and protected their families. When they arrived at the mount, they received a law that would govern them as a nation, a pattern for the tabernacle that would regulate their worship. After being numbered and organized, they were now ready to enter the land of promise. I take you to Numbers chapter 13, beginning with verse 1. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel from each tribe of their fathers. You shall send a man, every one among them. They were to spy out the land and to see how the people lived and how strong they were and what the land looked like. And then they gave them instructions. While you're there, why don't you bring us back some fruit of the land? And so after 40 days, the 12 spies returned carrying a huge cluster of grapes. Scripture tells us it was so large that two men had to carry this cluster between two poles. But of the 12 spies, 10 came back with an evil report. But Caleb and Joshua came back with a different perspective. And we read in verse 30, Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. East Wind Pentecostal Church, I want to preach to you on this Sunday morning. We are well able. Does anybody feel that in your spirit today? We are well able. Come on, if you, if you feel that, I want you to just give Him praise right now if you're thankful for the God that we serve. We are well able to overcome it today. Amen. Amen. Before you're seated, why don't you just turn to your neighbor and tell him we are well able. Amen. You may be seated. I have one simple mission today, and that is to convince you that God's church is ready for the battle at hand. Do you believe with me today that, that God's church is still a powerful church? God's church is a, is a glorious church, and, and we just sing about it. God's church is a victorious church. 
You know, the church will always have its doubters. The church is always going to have people that will come against it and say the days of the church are, are behind us and, and they're in the past. But I've come to remind you today that, that the church is still the apple of His eye. The church is still the object of His affection today. The, the church was purchased by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. The church is still the hope that this world needs. Can somebody say amen today? God's church will prevail over every attack of the enemy. Sometimes those attacks, they come from within the church. But I want to tell you today that that God's church is going to prevail over every attack, whether it is external or internal, because God's church is a glorious church. God's church is full of power. God's church is full of victory today. God's church is is full of glory. And I want to remind you today, we are well able to overcome anything that the enemy would try to detract us with. I stand here this morning to remind you, we are living in perilous times. We are living in the last days. We know this because... Scripture tells us that during perilous times, these things will come and these things will will happen and we are seeing that unfold right before our eyes. Everything that that can be shaken is being shaken. The enemy is is coming against the church with a flood of opposition. I know this. I I pastor people precious just like you do it and their marriages are under attack. And their ministries are under attack. Their, their, Their minds are under attack. Hear me today. Greater is He that is in us. Come on, is anybody going to preach with me today? Greater is He that is with us than than He that is within this world. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Some of you no doubt feel like, like hell has singled out your home. Singled out your marriage. He's, he's targeted your mind with fear and doubt and, and unbelief. But we read, God does not give us the spirit of fear. But of power and love and, and, a, and a sound mind. And the devil is lying to some of you today. He's convinced you that it's just a matter of time before he takes you out for the last time. But, but hear me, here's my title today. We are well able to overcome it today. The devil could have ended your marriage, he'd have already done it. If the devil could have stopped your ministry, he would have already stopped it. If the devil could have closed the doors of this church, he had a good opportunity in 2020. Guess what? He didn't do it because you can't stop God's church. Greater is he. Your community, your, your city, your county, they're waiting to see how you will respond to the attack of the enemy. But I boldly declare today, we are well able. The church is strong enough. The church is more powerful. The church is greater than anything that could come against us. I don't preach today a message of despair. 
I, I'm not in my prayer closet down on my knees worried about what's going to happen next. I'm in my prayer closet saying, hey, come on, devil. I'm going to hit you with my best shot. I'm going to square my shoulders because we are ready for the battle that is at hand. This generation is losing faith in the church. I'm not talking about East Wind. I'm just talking about the church as a whole. This generation is losing faith. We can no longer assume that the world shares a common character with us. In fact, the common character that once bound us together as a community has now been replaced with, with deferring and, and shifting values. We are at war with this world. We're not at war with the people of this world, but we are at war with the spirit of this world. We're constantly reminded that there are no rights and there are no wrongs. You can just have your opinion and do it your way. And I tell you, we, we, we hear a world that is crying out for a renewal of, of, of Christian character, but they really don't know what they're asking for. Because they want character, they just don't want conviction. They want morality, but they don't want to have the emotional burden of guilt and, and shame on their life. They want good, they just don't want to have to name what is evil. I'm telling you today, the church, it is not time for us to cower down, but it's time for us to, to square our shoulders. Come on, East Wind, you're getting ready for revival. You're getting ready for a harvest that you have never seen before. I know we say it all the time that, hey, the darker the night, the greater the light, but it has never been as dark as it is right now. But the light of God is shining in this city, and He has come to rebel over every attack of the enemy. We are well able. Yeah, we are well able. You may be seated. Thank you. Let me just tell you where we are today. I want to slow down for just a moment. Hear me. Americans' membership in houses of worship continues to decline, dropping below 50% for the first time in Gallup's eight-decade trend. In 2020, only 47% of Americans said that they belonged to a church. U.S. membership was 73% when Gallup first measured it in 1937 and remained at 70% for nearly six decades, but began a steady decline around the turn of the 21st century. Church membership is strongly correlated with age. Thank you, elders, for, for remaining strong in your faith. 66% of traditionalists, those born before 1946, belong to a church. Baby boomers, 58%. Generation X, 50%. And listen to this, how sad. 36% of millennials... Currently, only 31% of millennials have no religious affiliation. Similarly, 33% of Generation Z has 
that has reached adulthood have no religious preference. The U.S. thankfully remains a a religious nation with more than 7 in 10 affiliating with some type of organized religion. However, far fewer, now less than half, have a formal membership with a specific house of worship. That's just those that attend. But you know this, it matters whether you are engaged in the church. Couples who regularly practice any combination of serious religious behaviors and attitudes attend church nearly every week, read their Bibles, pray privately, pray together. They take their faith seriously. Not living as perfect disciples, but serious disciples. They enjoy significantly lower divorce rates than those that just happen to attend when there's nothing else going on in their life. According to Promise Keepers, if a father does not go to church, even if his wife does, one in 50 of their children will follow the wife to church. But if a father goes to church, regardless if the wife goes or not, That number goes to two-thirds to three-fourths of their children following their father to church. Men, hear me today. You matter. I'm thankful for our ladies, but men, you matter. Due to the process of life and the human nature that that creeps in the church, doubt has, has flooded into our churches. This caused people to lose faith in the greatest institution on the planet, and that is the church of the living God. I have come to remind you today, under the power of the Holy Ghost, that we will lift up a standard against the negativity that floods the church. If we are going to be a part of the great end-time revival, there must be a revival of love for the church. It must be the center of who we are, the expression of everything that we do. You know, at one point, you can, you can go to any major city, and you go to the center of that city, and you're going to find a church. Because at one point in our history, the city was built around the church. Now, the church just happens to be, it's just a bolt-on, an add-on, if you will. Hey, if I don't have anything going on this weekend, then I'll go to church. If my kids don't have a ball game this weekend, then I'll, I'll go to church. If there's not a festival in town, then I'll, I'll go to church. Let me just tell you, we got to get back to a revival that everything happens around the church. Is there anybody thankful for this house of worship today? Are you thankful for the church of the living God? Come on, somebody give him praise right now if you're thankful for God's church. Somebody thank him. We are saved by the church today. Hey, I'm going to tell you. Brother Myers already mentioned it today, talking about the, the hurricane and the relief efforts. and The church will be there when nobody else is there. I said the church will be here when nobody else is here. Your friends may forsake you, but the church will not forsake you. Your family may turn their back on you, but the church will never turn its back on you today. 
You don't have to be perfect to come in God's house. You just got to have a hunger for the things of God. Hey, I'm here, God, to receive from you today. We cannot avoid it any longer. We cannot deny it. We must have a revival of love for the church. And we're raising, I just talked about millennials, we're raising a generation of consumers. Feed me, Pastor. Sing to me, choir. Just, just, just t- tell me what I can do next. I'm just going to sit back here and cross my arms and whatever you can do for me, I'll, I'll receive it. But can I tell you, God's church is an active church. God's church is not consumerism. We're, we're, hey, how can we affect the culture? How can we affect our city? What can we do? We're an active church looking for the things of God. It's not time to back up. It's time to move forward. It's not time to let go of the essential truths of God's Word. It's time to hold on to truth. It's time to hold firm. Our love for the church must be more passionate than it's ever been. We are well able. Look at your neighbor again and tell him we are well able. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost here today. Our text this morning is very revealing with where we are in our world. Because right now, there's, there's really no middle ground. Our world is made up of two different camps. And even the church at time has deferring opinions on how do we move forward in this environment. In the camp of the ten spies, the, the outlook was not very bright. Their report was one of doom and, and gloom. They, they could only see problems instead of possibilities. They could only see giants instead of the victory that God had But in the camp of of Caleb and Joshua, if you will, there was a strong sense of optimism. There was was hope in the camp. They, They saw possibilities instead of problems. Their focus was on God instead of giants. They could they could sense victory, if you will, not defeat. So you have camp negative. And you have camp positive. You're going to have to decide today which which camp you're going to live in. I can't decide that for you. Pastor Myers can't decide that for you. In fact, God cannot decide that for you. You've got to decide today if you're going to live in camp negative, if you're going to live in camp, camp positive. You see, camp negative, what defined it was doubt. 1331 says, But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. Doubt caused them to to question their resources to take the land. Doubt caused them to, to question God that was leading them. We agree, Pastor, with Joshua and Caleb that, that the land is good and plentiful, that it's everything that God has promised it would be, but, but, just three letters, but it's a powerful word. We, we, 
agree that there is revival for the church today, but it's just going to be too difficult. We agree that God has revival for our family, but they've been away from God for so long. We agree that, hey, the church could do it, but we don't have enough money. We agree that, hey, our God is strong and our God is powerful, but the enemy just looks too large. The enemy is too strong. I know, I I pastor people just like you. Pastor, I know God can deliver me, but, but you don't know my situation. I know God can provide, but you hadn't looked in my checkbook. I know God can heal, but I've been dealing with this issue for a while. Encamp negative doubt overwhelmed them, but I'm thankful today there's another camp. In the camp of Caleb and Joshua, there was faith. Numbers 13, 30, then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. Wasn't only doubt and count negative, there was self-deprecation. We read in 33, then we saw giants, the descendants of Anak came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. They saw themselves as insignificant They saw themselves as weak, inferior grasshoppers that would be squashed by the opponent. There was a different camp. Camp positive, there was confidence. Look at this in 14, verse 9, it says, Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. It's for our consumption. Their protection has already departed from them. And the Lord is with us. Oh, stay with me for just a moment. I'm going somewhere. In count negative, there was a passive spirit. Verse 31, we read it again. But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. They gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. Thank God there's another camp. Thank God there's a church. Thank God there's an east wind. Thank God there's a pastor. Then Caleb quieted the people. He said, hold on. Are you going to listen to an evil report? Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession. Somebody help me right here. For we are well able to overtake it today. Negative people will always make excuses. Maybe a more convenient season. Let's get out of hurricane season, Pastor. (laughs) 
Let's wait till I have more money in the bank. Let's wait till my kids come back home. Let's, let, let's wait. You know, like people say, I'm going to, when I get ready, I'll have kids. You'll never get ready to have kids. Positive people take action immediately. Let's go do it right now. I like positive people. Don't give me negative people. I'm not going to last long if negative people are there. Don't tell me why we can't do it. Tell me why we can do it. Come on, is anybody with me today? Tell me why we can go and possess the land. And here's the thing. Both counts, all 12, saw the exact same thing. They encountered the same land. But ten spies came back saying, we can't. And two spies came back saying, let's go. So out of twelve, two camps saw something completely different. One camp came back looking for giants. And one camp came back looking for grapes. So I ask you, East Wind, today, what do you see? I said, what do you see today? Do you see that it's too hard? It's too difficult? I've been sick too long. My kids have been out of church too long. Or do you see God's bringing my kids back right now? There's healing coming down a dusty road today. Do you see a church that has no power? Or do you see a church that has all power today? Hear me, I know there, there will always be giants. There's always going to be problems. There's going to be obstacles. You're, you're going to have things in your life. There's trouble. There's pain. There's disappointment. There's pressure. I, I, I know. I, I live with you. I, I get it. There will always be problems. There will always be giants. You may look at it any way you want to, but it's giants in the land. But I got a feeling somebody has enough faith today to say, hey, I may have to look past some giants. I, I, I may have to wrestle through some giants, but, but I see grapes today. I, 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 see, I see possibilities today. I, I, I see it. I don't see obstacles today, but I, I see what God wants to do today. Yeah. I, I know what you're facing. Today you can be in Camp Negative. Or you can come to this altar in just a moment and say, Hey, I choose to look at grapes today. I choose to see possibilities. I don't know what you're facing today, but I see a victory. I said, I don't know what you're facing today, but I see a victory in this house. I see a victory in this house today. In just a moment, this... Worship team will come back and lead us in song. Hear me. Let me read the lyrics to you. The weapons may be formed, but it won't prosper. Because I know, because the God I serve knows only how to triumph. My God will never fail. I said my God will never fail. I'm going to 
to see a victory each win. I don't know about you. I'm going to see a victory because the battle doesn't belong to me. The battle belongs to God. Hey, hey, here's the second verse. Every war he wages, he will win. I'm not backing down from any giant because I know how this story ends. I'm going to see a victory. Come on, if you need a victory today, get on your feet right now. I'm going to see a victory. Because the battle doesn't belong to me. The battle belongs to Him today. I'm going to see a victory. Come on, lift your hands right now. I'm going to see a victory. I see grapes today. I see grapes today. Yeah. Come on, intercessors, would you help me right now? I see grapes today. I see possibilities. I see miracles. I see miracles today in this place. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Listen, I, I don't want to like belabor the point, and I don't, I don't, I don't even really want to reference it. But if COVID could have stopped the church, the devil would have took advantage of it. But you can't stop God's church. You can't stop God's church because my God will never fail. I, I see a victory today. I know back home, and I'm sure the same is here. We've never seen services like we're having right now. We don't know where all the people are coming from. Every week they walk in our doors. They're ready to be baptized. They're ready to be full of the Spirit. You know what it is? The Spirit's drawing. I said the Spirit is drawing this world because what we have is real. I said what we have is real and it's powerful. I'm going to see a victory today. I'm going to see a victory today. In just a moment, I'm going to open this altar to anyone who needs a miracle. That doesn't mean it's got to be a physical healing. It can be kids coming back home or financial, emotional. I believe God's going to fill people with the Holy Ghost in this house today. I believe God's going to heal somebody you've been praying for a long time, but your faith has risen to a level today that you're seeing grapes, you're not seeing giants. Some of you here today, that if God doesn't do it, it won't get done. I'm telling you, that God that we serve, He is in this house today. I said He's in this house today. You have to take a step of faith. I said, you have to take a step of faith, but when you'll take a step of faith toward Him, He will meet you. Jesus. Yeah. 
If you need something that only God can do, would you lift your hands right now? Ah. Ah. I want you to take the faith that you use to lift your hands and I want you to walk to this altar right now. Hmm. I want you to walk with faith. I want you to walk with your shoulders square today. Ah. Yeah, 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 yeah